Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. Nine. T-minus eight seconds. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition and liftoff. Hello and welcome back to the Space News Podcast. My name is Will. And you know there's some weird stuff going on with some bacteria and the International Space Station. But before we get into that, I just want to say thank you for everybody who supported the podcast, everybody who listens to this and subscribes and rates the podcast. You are all amazing space cadets. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the ISS, there's bacteria. And they're being treated in harsh ways. So you would think that these bacteria would come out fighting, right? They'd come out and they try to evolve into something that's going to be dangerous and mutate and be antibiotic resistant superbugs. But that's definitely not the case. A new Northwestern University study found that bacteria isolated from the ISS did contain different genes than their earthling counterparts. Those genes did not make the bacteria more detrimental to human health. Rather, the bacteria are instead simply responding and perhaps evolving to survive in a very stressful environment in space. And there's been a lot of speculation about radiation, microgravity, and the lack of ventilation and how that might affect living organisms, including bacteria, said Northwestern's Erica Hartman, who led the study. And these are stressful, harsh conditions. Does the environment select the superbugs because they have an advantage? The answer appears to be no. And as we start moving people from Earth to Mars, there's been a lot of discussion about how we can understand how microbes behave in enclosed environments. So Hartman said that people will be in little capsules where they cannot open windows, go outside or circulate the air for long periods of time. And we're genuinely concerned about how this could affect microbes. Now, the ISS, it has thousands of different microbes. And they've traveled into space either on astronauts or in the cargo that's on the ISS. And the National Center for Biotechnology Information maintains a publicly available database containing the genomic analysis of many of bacteria isolated from the ISS. But they've found that two different um, bacteria, the Sorus and the Borus, um, they're using that kind of data to compare the strains to those found on Earth and found on human skin, the S. auris contains MRSA and B. cirrus lives in soil and has fewer implications for human health. Now, Hartman has just said the bacteria that live on skin are very happy there. Your skin is warm and has certain oils and organic chemicals that bacteria really like. And when you shed those bacteria, they find themselves living in a very different environment. A building surface is cold and barren which is extremely stressful for certain bacteria. So on your skin, these things are happy. That's what they do. 
They're bacteria. They're supposed to live on skin. That's where they get their powers from. And if they're in a cargo ship, basically, um, they don't have anything to feed off. They don't have the warmth and the, the fuzziness of your skin. So, you know, uh, they're two different things. So to adapt to those environments, to adapt to that cold, sterile space environment, the bacteria containing advantageous genes are selected for or they mutate. For those living on the ISS, these genes potentially helped the bacteria respond to stress so they could eat, grow and function in a harsh environment. So these bacteria, they're adapting to live. They're not evolving to cause disease. And there's nothing special about antibiotic resistant or virulence in the space station's bacteria. There's nothing. They're not doing it to harm anybody up there. They're just doing it so they can live. Basically, they're they're evolving so they could live in this weird environment that they're kind of thrown into. They had no idea they were going up there. Right. So they're just like, OK, I'm just going to survive. That's all they're doing. These bacteria. That's all they're saying. And although this is good news for astronauts and potential space tourists, um, Hartman said to be careful to point out that unhealthy people can still spread illness on space station and space shuttles. So astronauts that go up now, they're exceedingly healthy. They're very healthy people, very fit. They eat very well. They're not sick often. But as we start to expand space flights to normal people, quote, normal people, space tourists, they don't really meet the criteria that the astronauts meet right now. Um, So they don't really know what's going to happen with these bacteria when, quote, normal space tourists get up there. So it's like. If somebody's sick, if if one of us goes up into space, right, and we're on a space tourist flight and somebody sneezes, somebody coughs, it's like on an airplane. When somebody coughs on an airplane, you're like, "Uh oh, now everyone's getting sick. You know, everyone's going to get sick in this airplane because this person just spread those germs around. And that is what is cause for concern for these bacterial um, scientists in the future. So they're worried about normal space tourists going to space and what the bacteria is going to do to them. Right now, they're fine. Right now, the astronauts are fine. They're fit. They're healthy. They don't really care. The bacteria don't care about those people. Now, when space tourists get up there, that's going to be different. It's going to be every single person that can afford it, no matter what your uh, ability is, you know, what your physical attributes are, how sick you are. You know, as long as you can afford it, it's just like an airplane ride. As long as you can afford it and you can survive it, then you're going to go to space. So there's got to be a little bit more studying going on when when regular people start going up into space for touristy kind of things like flying around the moon and, you know, just going up into low Earth orbit. So if anything, these bacteria are saying we come in peace. We just want to live. And I want to say thank you to everybody who's been listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for all the support. The best way to support the pod is to continue listening, to subscribe to it. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody about it. Spread it on social media and, uh, you know, let everybody know that you like the pod and that because I'm going to continue doing these every single day. Every day there's new episodes coming out. So thank you so much. From the Space News Podcast, beaming down to you directly from the mothership. My name is Will, and I will see you soon.
Hey, Becky, do you like this beat? Mm, I'm into faster stuff lately, like Xfinity that gives me beyond gig speeds. What about this, then? Powerful, just like Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. Requires compatible Xfinity gateway. Limited quantities available. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.